Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me tonight <clears throat> is my good friend, Scott Link, all the way out from the left coast, uh, somewhere in the Bay Area from California. Uh, Scott, thank you for coming on and being in the studio with us tonight. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. This is the first time in the studio here, so it's pretty exciting to see the, how it's all set up and see how things are going. So yeah. You it, did, did you... Did you believe it would be this grand? I didn't, what? honestly. I didn't know what to expect, but it is pretty impressive. <laughs> so, uh, Scott, I was thinking I was going to be on tonight by myself. Uh, the message that I was getting ready to do, I wasn't ready for. And then Joanna and I had an appointment that apparently ended up taking like an hour and a half right before we got on. So I called you ahead of time. And I said, hey, you're in town, so uh, would you be able to jump on the podcast with me tonight and talk about something? And I said, uh, we can talk about whatever you want. It doesn't even have to be that spiritual. We just need to fill an hour. And you had an idea. Uh, fill everyone in on what you wanted to talk about and kind of where you came up with the idea and, and where we're going with Okay, it. yeah, sounds good. So Patrick and I were just having a conversation a few days ago, and it wasn't even about this topic at all. But Patrick did touch on this kind of briefly. And the idea was really about kind of marriage prospects for our kids in the future. And it really kind of just ended at that. I mean, we just didn't really like go into great detail or whatsoever. That wasn't really even the conversation at that point. But it did kind of bring up a good point in my mind about that because it is something that I think about frequently for my own kids, even though they're a little bit younger than yours when you have some in the age group of mine. And um, I was just thinking about that too, just because, I mean, obviously like you and I have been already married and we have all of that taken care of, but it's like for the next generations coming, mm -hmm. that's a major concern. And I think both of us, you know, are kind of on the same position with that in terms of, you know, we see the world's way of things and it's definitely very anti-biblical and we want to raise our kids in a way that's going to be God honoring. Yeah. But we can't obviously control a lot of things in life. And there's going to be some things like their spouses that we're going to have very little, if any, really input <clears throat> after they get to be adults. Okay, and let me jump in and make another point alongside that. I believe that after choosing Jesus as my Savior, the next biggest decision in my life was the woman I married. Yeah. And, and that will more greatly affect the direction of my life and what God can do with me than any other thoughts i definitely agree with you i mean in terms of um you know we we're even talking about this too recently about the hierarchy of our relationships and things and definitely the relationship with god has to be first and then your spouse is the second thing it's before your job it's before your hobbies it's before anything else i mean it has to be god and then your spouse in terms of biblical priorities so um you know i definitely agree with, with that and i tell me now scott <clears throat> has a lot of religious education above me scott is a graduate of a bible college you didn't go back to get your master's i did, did get you? my master's you yet. did get your yeah, master's that's all i have okay. some people go on beyond that sure people keep open. going but my point is you have six years of bible training and education prior to getting in the ministry and uh you went out and you got a job as a pastor uh we've been down to your church uh down there in texas so uh Scott has been around a lot of folks his age and at Bible college, 
along with trying to get an education and learning about the ministry and being prepared to either go off into the mission field or get a job as a pastor or to start a church. The other thing that you find out, there's definitely some pressure as far as meeting your spouse. Is that kind of a running joke there as well? They call it uh, for the ladies, at least getting the MRS degree, which is for Mrs. Okay. And, and I mean, there is a lot of pressure, like you said. I mean, even though you haven't been there, you've been around enough to yeah. kind of know I've the visited them. Visited I've them been able, yeah, I've visited several Bible colleges. I've been able to teach at some, and you know, I you know, just as a guest, and <laughs> and visited for days and weekends. So I, I've never gone, but that's a joke that is pretty common. It's I it's mean, understood. you know, it, it's one of those things that there's a great kernel of truth to it. And I mean, there's a big reason for it because I mean, in terms of a Christian meeting their spouse, I mean, there's really not like a lot of other good places for a Christian to find a a mate. Yeah. So I mean, or at least find one that has similar beliefs and similar convictions as you do. So when, cause let's face it, it, I, I could go and meet or any of my sons. So let's talk about our kids. So I have six kids. You have three, three kids mm-hmm. and we all want them to marry someone who along with attributes like honest, hardworking, we, we want them to love God yeah. because we know that's going to make a big difference in their life and in the lives of their children, your grandchildren, the same, same for me. So, any of my boys, okay, and my oldest is 15. How old's your oldest daughter? She's eight. Eight, okay. So my youngest is seven, so they overlap there a little bit. So my oldest son, who is 15, um, we are hoping that, you know, he is finding someone and getting married. We don't want him, you know, living with us when he's 30 years old. He could meet someone at a bar, okay? He could meet someone at the gym. He could meet someone at the post office. But... The Bible college is a place where all these kids get together and they are all there for the same reason. They want to learn how to serve God. They want to make connections in that industry. They want to learn and get training to do it. But it would make sense that they would have an opportunity to maybe meet their spouse. And at all of these Bible colleges, there are lots of activities to uh, foster a community where the guys and the gals can get together. They can get to know each other. It can be done in an appropriate and safe manner as if uh, the parents still had an eye on them. You know, a lot of these schools take that seriously and they try to make it uh, a safe environment where, um, you know, uh, the kids aren't getting drunk and jumping in the sack with each other and doing these things that, you know, um, people are do not want for their kids. So it's a... It's a great opportunity, and we both know lots of people who have met their spouse and are, you know, have met a, a great woman or a great fella, mm-hmm. and they've gotten married and it's worked out well. But you and I have both met people where one was gung ho for the Lord and they loved God and they they served God and they wanted to do something great for God, and they married a dud. Yep. And that was the end. Yeah, that's definitely true, too. Like, <clears throat> the guy never ended up being a pastor because his wife was a monster. And, you know, the woman who had a desire to serve in the mission field and thought she was marrying a guy that had the same idea, she married a dud, and they 
never left the States. They never got off the ground. They don't work in the ministry at all. So you see that happen. And I think personally, and, and I don't want to speak for you, personally, I'm not pushing any of my six kids into the ministry. I do pray for them to do God's will. And if God wants them to serve working in a church as a pastor, as an assistant pastor, working in the mission field, or just being a layman in a church where they work a secular job and they just love God and they serve in what capacity they can. None of those things bother me. Um, I would only be bothered if they distanced themselves from God, walked away from God, did not have God as a focal point, the center of their marriage to raise up their kids, my grandkids. So it doesn't matter to me if they end up in the ministry, but I know that they are only going to take God seriously and they are going to have a really good chance of raising their kids for God if their spouse is on the same page as they are. Exactly. I totally agree with everything that you just said there, but I just wanted to step back a little bit too, because um, really, I mean, we're talking like about the 60s, maybe 70s around when America really started changing. And I mean, we also have that as kind of like the topic with the pop culture and how that influences uh, marriages and just, I mean, the perception of parents on TV. You know, oftentimes it's a father that's pretty stupid or foolish or something like that. And then there's all these kind of negative things towards a traditional nuclear family. And um, obviously, you know, historically, certainly in the Bible, and I would say much of the history leading up to the 60s, even in America, the whole idea was basically you, as soon as you leave your family, basically find your spouse, you yep. get married, you have kids of your own and kind of perpetuate that cycle. And um, I frequently will tell my kids too, and again, it's, it's, I know a little bit early to be really thinking about that. And I don't really push this like a lot or anything like that, but it's something that I do think about frequently um, in terms of what their future is going to be like, because obviously even in just my own lifetime, I've seen America change a lot. And I, I'm sure you could agree with that as well. Oh man. <laughs> it's almost unrecognizable probably for the lighter generations too. But, um, you know, just in terms of where we're going to be in 10 or 20 years when basically that's the window, the time frame that probably our kids us, are yeah, going to be yeah. getting married and, and, mm-hmm. and looking for their spouses and things. So, um, and we're, we're talking only about 10 or 20 years away at the most that mm-hmm. we'd be already well into this and you could already have grandkids or whatever at that <laughs> point. And I mean, you know, that goes quick. It does. And I mean, I'm thinking about that too, even my oldest being eight years old, and then I have a a seven and a four-year-old. So, I mean, it's kind of a pretty close age range there too. But I'm thinking, you know, with my oldest, she's only, you know, 10 years away from being an adult herself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's really not much time. And I mean, even with you, like with the oldest one, you know, just a couple of years here, I mean, he's going to be a full adult. He can, you know, marry or go off to the military, whatever he wants to do at that point. I mean, there's nothing that you can stop him at that point from doing. Yep. And, um, you know, it's a hard thing, too, because I think with the culture of America, we ha- see from the world they're pushing, you know, kids dating from a young age. And it's basically, like you said, this whole, like, sexual um, thing that's pushed from pop culture, from all of these things. And, again, I mean, we, we see it, and it's in the news all the time with, you know, these um, – you know, library readings with um, people, you know, men dressing up as women and doing all these drag queen th- kind of things and basically sexualizing children from a young age. But um, you see that, you know, kids will eventually, you know, absorb what they're exposed to. And I think that, you know, with in terms of a Christian parent that's looking towards their 
um, children, their future. I mean, we can't necessarily like control the um, the full outcome. I mean, I think that a kid, a person is going to make their own choices eventually, but you can definitely control a lot of the ingredients that are put into that. And if you're taking your kids to these, you know, queer by uh, readings of books at libraries and things and doing all of these things, I mean, you're putting bad ingredients in there. I mean, you're basically making a cake and putting poison into it. And Yeah. <clears throat> so really the idea is what can we do? when the kids are young in order to help them achieve the goal that we as parents know is best for the kids. Exactly. I mean, let's face it. There's no instruction manual that comes with the kid. Yeah. And I mean, I think that both of us had different experiences with our firstborn, but I mean, even from the very beginning, like there's things that I would have changed with our birth and even just how things went for the first couple months after that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you could say the same thing with yours as well. And you start to learn and it's like, you know, it's great that we have all these medical um, advancements of technology, but then like some of the things that we're getting is just like conflicting. It's opposing each other from this, like different medical doctors are saying different things. And it's like, how do you know what to even believe? And it's like when yeah. the medical community communities that, um, you know, in, in disharmony with what they're pushing and thinking of the philosophies of that, I mean, how are there, how's the rest of the world even going to be on the same page with that? And you find that there's just a lot of confusion being pushed from like the world and, and pop culture and things. Okay, so I'm going to give you my idea and what we've been doing for, I'm going to say for sure, the last five years, we've really been trying to incorporate this. I'm going to get it out there for anyone that might be new to the podcast. We have a very steady, regular time every morning where the kids and I get up and we read the Bible together and we pray together. So on a good day, we'll be at the dining room table at 7.30, or I'm sorry, at 6.30, and we will be there until 7.30 when dad has to leave for work. So we, we get somewhere around 45 minutes or an hour in the morning to pray as a family, to read the Bible, and to talk about it. And the reason I bring that up is because what I'm about to say next won't make sense unless you understand that we've already set aside time for the discussion. So one thing that I will do, because I lead the Bible studies in the morning, obviously, one thing that I will do with teaching my kids the Bible, whenever the opportunities come up in the stories of the Bible, we will talk about marriage. We'll talk about your spouse. We'll talk about the problems that can come up. And we'll talk about stories in the Bible where they did it well and where they did it poorly. And we start emphasizing. So my, the the oldest five are at the table with me in the morning, only the youngest, Patrick, who's seven and doesn't have really a capability of reading and following along with the King James Bible yet. So Mm -hmm. um, we usually start them uh, coming to the table at eight or nine, depending on how they're doing. So the older five, I'm already having the conversation with them about getting married and how this is something that we need to be praying about. And we do pray about that together as a family. Uh, It's something that they need to be thinking about and praying about, even though it's down the road, the time is going to come where all of a sudden it's going to be here and you're going to be of age. And I want them thinking even now, I want to marry someone like mom. And I have said that many times. And, and I'll list good attributes of my wife. I'll talk about how 
you know, Joanna loves God and Joanna is a great mother and Joanna, you know, does these things really well. And that's what you guys want Mm -hmm. when you're getting married. Okay. And then it's, it's so easy nowadays, you know, whatever TV show you watch or whenever you go to the store, you know, you can always point out bad examples. And I do that all the time. And we don't, we don't do that to make fun of people. We do that to learn it's a lesson. I mean, let's face it. In the Bible, we see stories of good Christians and stories of bad Christians, and we learn from both of them. So we'll point out people and be like, you know, son, what's wrong with that mom over there? Well, the mom's letting the kid do whatever the kid wants, and the mm-hmm. kid's throwing a fit, and the mom's not doing anything. That's right. Do you want to marry someone like that? Mm-hmm. No. No, you don't, right. son. You're right. <laughs> you definitely do not, because that's going to be a headache and a lot of fighting, and you don't yeah. need that, okay? So we will talk about it. And the number one thing I want to, um, the reason I'm bringing this up, is that far too many parents they take the ostrich approach to parenting, which is just stick my head in the sand and hope for the best. And I want to make the point that hope is the dumbest idea sure. out there. Okay, because what happens is when people talk about how, well, I just trust God. That's a, it's like, you're just going to trust God? Okay, that's a euphemism for I'm lazy and stupid and I don't want to put in the work. Because if you're just going to trust God with your kid's spouse and hope that God takes care of it, get ready to take care of your grandkids one day, okay, when, you know, your kid gets a divorce from whoever and you get to try parenting a second time because you were bad at it the first time, okay? The idea, you have time now. Train them. Teach them. Walk beside them. Show them what the Bible says. Put effort and energy into it. If you just stick your head in the sand and like, well, I just hope it's going to turn out all right and like i said what makes me more mad than anything is when a christian's like well i'm just going to trust jesus well you're an idiot Mm -hmm. okay there's something called a roth ira (laughs) okay you can go ahead and just trust jesus with your retirement but you should also be contributing to your roth ira so if you're not doing both okay you're a moron like you can't just write it off as oh well god's going to take care of it no that's not necessarily so the bible says that we are to uh, take this book. We are to take the scriptures and we're to put them on the doorpost and we're to we're to um, you know bind them to our hands and we're to talk to our talk about these to our kids when we rise us up and when we lie us down. Those are instructions. The Bible says we are supposed to talk about the scriptures to our children several times a day. And if we're not doing that, then you are going to be the unfortunate father-in-law of a deadbeat. And you are going to hate your life. So for the parents, my encouragement, I don't know if I'm really ever encouraging, you know, but hopefully I scare people. If I can scare people into the truth and believing the Bible, that's good enough for me. So my encouragement would be to make a change right now and start teaching your kids and training your kids because you can, if you, when you do that, one thing that you find is that your kids will start asking you questions and having a conversation about those things with you. Whereas if you never bring it up, then they get the idea like, I'm not allowed to bring this up. It's not okay to talk about this. And you just ignore that stuff. So that's my kind of big first suggestion 
I talked for long enough. Uh, tell me your thoughts. Man, we probably should have put a disclaimer on this one that people are going to get offended by this oh, one for sure. It's Bible thumper <laughs> where somebody's got to say yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, everybody knows. Say it, right? yeah. No, but I've heard a preacher say that too, which you're saying about, um, you know, if you don't raise your kids right the first time that you get the chance to do it again with your grandkids. And man, I mean, that's, yep. a, that's, that's a painful sobering. It's true though, man. I mean, that is. <laughs> and we've seen it. We have seen that. Yeah. Oh, it is so painful. It is. When, <clears throat> when some parents are, <clears throat> are like getting in to the age of retirement and their plan and all of a sudden they find out that nope we don't get to retire that's not in the cards because we didn't do a good job and with i mean our i kids. understand there's tragedies and things like that but we're not yeah. talking like that no, we're that's talking not about what people we're talking that made about decisions and they're in jail or they're yeah. in drugs or this yeah. and that and I mean, when tragedy happens you step up as a family we understand but that's not what we're talking now exactly about. Yeah. okay so along with that Tell me some things that you are concerned about that would that would be bad for your kids in finding a spouse and that you want to keep them away from. And tell me some of the things that maybe you think might be a good idea as far as going in this direction. And well, I mean, I think on. you kind of already touched on it, too, when you were talking about um, pointing our kids to say, you know, look at what your mom is doing, because, uh -huh. I mean, we are our best examples for our kids to see how to treat their spouses yeah. and how to be a spouse as well. And I mean, I know that both of us didn't grow up in Christian homes, but we both grew up with our parents, both our father and our mother married living. until they died. Exactly. Yep. So, I mean, that is something that I think, um, as a Christian, especially, um, whatever relationship you're in, if you're married to somebody, you got to stick that out. I mean, like it's a tough thing sometimes. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's always excuses. You'll find them everywhere, but yeah, it's for the sake of your children. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, that's the best thing that God puts you there for a reason. Yeah. And people look at it as like, it's my kids. Well, I mean, yes, it is your kid, but it's really God's kid. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to understand that we're really just in the care. We're in the stewardship. And again, stewardship is such a biblical idea. And I mean, that's not always talking about money, but I mean, we're mm -hmm. the stewards of God's children that he's Absolutely. given to us. And I mean, we need to do our best to raise them, to release them, to do whatever God has. I mean, like you we were even saying, like, I definitely am not encouraging my kids to be you know, a pastor or a pastor's wife or a missionary, there's not, but if God wants them to do it, by all mm -hmm. means, go to the jungles of Africa or, you know, wherever, if that's what God has them to do, mm -hmm. or if he has them to be a plumber or to be a teacher or to be whatever God has for them, as long as they love God and are living their lives, that's what they need. Um, and so long as they don't work for the federal government, please continue. <laughs> right. You know, it's so funny when you hear about in the New Testament how everyone hated Matthew because he was a tax collector, and everyone's like, well, that wasn't very Christian. I'm like, hey, I get it. Okay, that totally makes sense to me. I don't think I could have an IRS agent at my church. Like, I really don't know if I could handle that. So, yeah, God willing, we'll never have to find out. Please continue. Man. <laughs> that, that one was free there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Well, I mean, I think, you know, in terms of the other example, like you pointed out, is the Bible itself has a lot of great um, things to do and not to do. And I mean, I know that for our day and age where, you know, people have such a short attention span, it is kind of hard to get people to read the Bible these days. But again, if you're engaged with your kids and I mean, going to a uh, Bible believing church, I mean, hopefully they should have some more teaching on that topic. And again, like for when I'm introducing these ideas to my kids, because they're still fairly young, you know, I'm trying to, um, not only necessarily put it from like a Christian or religious perspective, although that's where my worldview is coming from. Um, I'm already trying to present it to them as a di dichotomy between traditional values and modern values. Mm -hmm. And they see that very easily. Like it's not even 
hard to explain that because I mean, like I've seen you know certain situations. My, my son would be like, "Well, this kid has two dads," and he's like, "That's not right." Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, I didn't have to say anything to yeah. him, and I mean, he just already can see that. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, that's the modern way," and it's like you can just point these things out to them as those points come across. And I mean, I don't even know what wave of feminism we're in now, third or fourth wave of feminism or something. But you know, there's been opportunities even just recently that I've been able to talk to my you know oldest daughter about that, and it's like, well, these are the things that feminists believe. And I mean, there's things that maybe in the Bible we would agree that, um, you know, uh, women should have equal rights to a man and um, are, can pray directly to God and can do certain things. But I mean, there's other things that you and I would probably say that a woman shouldn't be doing. And, um, you know, if that offends people, so be it. Because, I mean, I'm not going to go to a church that has a woman pastor. I'm not going to go to a church that has woman deacons. And honestly, any church that has women in a strong place of leadership and again i'm not saying like that can they can't be in certain places of leadership because i think there are certain places for women to be in leadership as well um you know that's kind of a red flag to me oh absolutely and and i'll be honest scott there are some folks that just hearing you say that like you know they get upset at that but really everything you talked about is outlined very specifically in the epistles to timothy you know in the epistle to jude i mean these things are very clear in the bible it talks about this it defines the role of a pastor of a deacon it says women can do these things in a church men can do these things in a church you know everybody has their role and it doesn't make one better or worse because we all know that men and women have equal worth in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. But with that, that's where the equality stops. After that, women have a role, men have a role, and they're different. And you and I are fine with that Mm -hmm. because we understand how it's supposed to work. And we understand that God put me as a man in this role because I'm better suited for it. And I don't do a good job at the role that he set up for women. And God said, you're a woman and this is your role. And I made you specifically for this role where you're gonna excel and you're not gonna do good in the man's role. And I don't have a problem with that. And I don't feel like those lines need to be crossed. And I don't see a benefit. All I see is a detriment because every time I disobey God, there are curses to follow. So, you know, what what you're talking about, I'm with you. And uh, explain your concerns as far as how that ties in with a spouse and kids. So sure, yeah. So with that being said, I mean, I definitely want to raise my my girls to be feminine women Mm -hmm. and I want them not only to look feminine, but to act feminine, to be feminine. I want my son to be masculine Absolutely. and to dress masculine and to yep. do masculine things. Mm-hmm. And it's not because, like you said, there's not that they're better or anything like that. There's just different roles that God has within the church and God yep. made us differently. And different roles in the household and in the family. Exactly. Yep. And I mean, it really ties all together with that. So again, with this modern movement pushing these ideas that women are equal or better than men, and again, it's not that women are unequal in the sight of God, like you said, but um, we do have different roles to play within the household. And as a husband, I'm to lead the family. And I mean, that's a biblical role if I want to take on the responsibility. Now, again, I, I, I tell my children too, they do not have to get married. I'm not saying that they have to. I mean, they can live their own lives as adults as well, but I want to prepare them for what I see that the Bible tells us that will be the happiest as. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's many moments as a parent that you're not necessarily always like happy <laughs> skipping around and, and singing, you know, uh, that you're so happy to be a parent because there's times where you're, you know, pulling your hair out and, <laughs> and saying, God, why did you <laughs> do this to me? But, oh yeah. 
you know, at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of joy, a lot of um, love that comes with being a parent. And again, I mean, I understand, you know, not every person um, can be a parent or necessarily even wants to be a parent. But at the same time, I think that that is something that God has for the majority of people. And I think it's a very special role and responsibility that, um, especially as you see America, you know, worldwide, I mean, really, it's not even just America, worldwide, people are not having families like they used to be. Um, China, one child policy did a whole lot there. I mean, Europe, birth rates declining everywhere. Even formerly uh, high population birth rates where people would have six, seven, eight kids. I mean, they're having maybe two kids, three kids at the very most nowadays. And Yeah, you're looked at as weird if you have even three. Even three, yep. yeah. You start to get looks in Walmart when you're pushing around three kids. And if you have four, like, people <laughs> stop and stare. Yeah, they'll start to ask you things. And, yeah. and it's like, it's pretty embarrassing. Honestly, sometimes people will really be pretty rude to your face about that. It's like, oh, oh yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I believe that my quiver is full, so I don't, you know, yeah, need you to have need any to more children anymore. And my, my quiver could be a different size than your quiver. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have a full quiver at this point in my life. And I'm very hap- happy and thankful that God has given me the ability to be a father. It's a special privilege and um, it's definitely a responsibility. But the goal is to release them eventually, you raise them to release them. And um, tying those things in with the role of what they are, I mean, I don't want my girls and my son to think that they should try to be another gender i mean it's better just to accept who you are and to you you know what god has made you to be Mm -hmm. and i mean god is preparing you for something in the future and whatever that is i mean i want to my kids to be equipped to have the abilities to do what god would have for them to do and if i believe according to what the bible has seen that there's roles and there's differences between men and women and we each have different things to do in a church that can be different and within god's plan and framework that i want to equip them to have all of the needed um skills and abilities for that at that point as well and for them to be looking for spouses that are also equipped with those things too mm-hmm. and again it's not to say that you know a person couldn't be raised in a non-traditional household and eventually take on you know get saved go to bible college or whatever and and decide that they're going to raise the kids differently than how they were raised but for, it's pretty rare for that to happen it, it is pretty rare <clears throat> we should say that on this podcast today are two guys that in high school were both self-proclaimed atheists yep and both ended up being pastors <laughs> But, you know, again, I, you know, maybe my Bible college is not the, um, you know, greatest example, but I would say probably most of the Bible colleges around, the majority of the people that attend them are were born and raised in a Christian household. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I understand that you and I are, <laughs> For sure. you know, the out exception. of left field. Yeah, we are the exception. We are not the rule. <clears throat> exactly. Okay. So then because of that, what my wife and I are facing now is an... I've heard this said by lots of people. A part of the reason they pick a certain church is because they want to meet a girl, because they want to meet a guy. Now, typically I hear that from someone who is maybe in their mid-30s and they've already been divorced. And, you know, they're, they're not old enough where they're willing to, like, give up and cash it in they're like well i'm young enough i could still find someone and get married and and have kids or Mm -hmm. you know or or start a family or maybe add to the family that i have and i've heard those people are like well you know i kind of want to go to a church where there are some women my age so they want to go fish in a bigger pond Mm -hmm. because the fact is like 
Okay, I don't know if I told you, or I don't think I even brought it up. Last Friday, we had our record high attendance at wow, our church. Amen. So we had 41 people. So that Praise was like, God. Yeah, it was very exciting. And and we had a potluck, so I attribute all of our success to that and wow. none to me and my preaching. <laughs> <clears throat> but it was it was exciting and it was great. And we're a young church and we're growing and it's a lot of fun. But we're not really the church where you're going to have a large pool of single co-eds to meet each other and possibly form a relationship and meet their future spouse. I mean, I know it's hard to be general because, I mean, there are larger churches and ministries that do have, you know, that type of thing. But your average church member is probably going to be in their 50s or 60s. Um, mostly churches are less than 75 people. I mean, mm -hmm. typically. So I found a lot of people wanting to go to the mega church. Sure. Okay. And we'll define that as a church that sees more than a thousand people in attendance in a given week. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to want to go there because they're going to have the singles activities and the singles, you know, Sunday school class or what? They probably don't have a Sunday school class. <laughs> right. I doubt they even use a Bible. Okay. <laughs> I'm right. giving them way too much credit. Okay. But they have a dance. Yes, <laughs> you exactly. Know. Or some kind of an activity. Some kind of an activity. And honestly, um, I have seen recently, and I haven't looked into this, and I didn't have any prep time at all before tonight, I have seen Christian singles dating websites mm -hmm. that have come up. Do you know anything about those? Have you heard anything about them? Do you know anyone that's... You know, I mean, just because you put route. the name Christian in front of something doesn't make it Christian. No, and I understand that, you know, but my point is they were trying to say, look, we are starting our own, like there's, I'm going to, half the things I'm going to say right now are not going to be accurate because I'm just making it up right. for my men. But like match.com, I mean, that is a real site yes, that we've yeah. heard of. Okay. Yep. So match.com is not specifically a Christian organization. So what I'm saying is there is a Christian version of this and I should get my phone out and look this up so I can at least <laughs> right. tell people like what, what the name of it is. But I'm not saying that they are necessarily going to have, it's not like they're running people through a test, you know, that you have to take in order to be able to post on the site. But the point is we are trying to let everybody know that Christians who are serious enough about their faith to where they're putting it out there. I don't want to date anyone that is not Christian. That is what we are looking for as far as people to come on and use our site and our, you know, dating app or whatever the service is. I was wondering if you had heard of anything like that or any heard of any success with something like that. Yes, it's a hard thing. I do know personally at least one couple that did meet. Is it the same one that like I that. know? Um, it might be. I'm not sure. But that wasn't a no, Christian. No, no, there's, no, there's, there's a different people. one. Yeah, okay. there's multiple We're not people talking about the same folks. Okay. No, okay. So, um, but no, there definitely are some people that that has worked for. And I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of ways. I mean, you know, maybe even at the grocery store line or something. I mean, I don't know. There's probably tons of ways that people could meet these days. But I mean, from the world's perspective, I mean, they have something that's kind of along the similar lines as well. Mm -hmm. But from what I've heard of that, I mean, obviously I don't um, use those websites or anything, but people have said and commented many times that I, I've heard about as well that most of it's for our hookup culture, which is very temporal. People oh, are looking yeah. just for a, a one-night stand sort of thing. So this, these are Christian one-night stands. Well, let's see, that's the thing. It's like... <laughs> 
it, it usually turns in like a month or something like that. But okay. it's like, I mean, the thing is, too, you're talking about a, a wide range of people that are on these websites. Obviously, what level of seriousness are you ascribing to your Christianity? You're like, oh, well, I, I wear a little necklace that has a cross on it. Mm, like, isn't exactly that, you know, right. Christian enough? And and people think that that is. Sure. I, know, yeah. I mean, no, I don't own a Bible. What do I need a Bible exactly. for? You I, know? I haven't been to church since Easter, but hey. <laughs> So, okay, so two of the sites that I saw, one is called eHarmony and another one is called Upward. Those are two apps that are supposedly Christian dating sites. Here is my point. Because of the number of people that are not going to church, which I believe is alarming in America, and number two, because of the size of most churches and demographic of most churches, what I ran into as a problem was at the church I was going to, there were two Yep. Women my age that were single, right. that were members of the church that went there regularly, I married one of them. Right Now, I had known this woman and was friends with her prior to going to the church. We had already gotten to know each other, but I was not sure what God's will was for my life. And I had, in my case, I had a pastor who put effort into trying to introduce me to other women that were my age from other churches of a similar background. And I ended up going on a couple of dates. Uh, one was here in Colorado, and that was a train wreck. You know, we did we weren't compatible at all. I, I'm so glad, you know, we, we never really, you know, that <laughs> never, that. it never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And number two um, was, and this was, a, this was not, my pastor's effort or doing, if you can believe this, okay, so this is a true story. I don't even know if my wife has ever heard this, okay? Well, she but now. <laughs> well, but I'm just going to tell you the story, okay? I went back to New Jersey, and, you know, obviously, this is when I'm single. My wife and I sure. had never dated. I mean, you know, I was a single guy going to church, and um, I was, I think I started going to church and got saved. I was either 23 or 24. I was right in there. So I was a, I was I was a pretty young guy. And I went back to New Jersey to visit my family for something. I don't remember what it was. Okay, maybe it was just the holidays. So I looked up um, independent Baptist churches in the area and there was one in the town where I went to high school. Uh, which was not my hometown. I went to a private school, <clears throat> you know, 45 minutes away. So I said, oh, okay, well, I'll go there. You know, I didn't really care where I was going. I just wanted to go to a church that, you know, was kind of like-minded. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted them to be a, you know, independent Baptist church that used the King James Bible right. and, and sang hymns. And I knew I'd get along for one Sunday. Yeah, okay, right. so, so I went there, and the pastor was very nice. And, um, you know, uh, you know me, I showed up in a shirt and a tie and I sang the hymns really loud, even though I'm not a good singer. And I yelled amen at the appropriate times. And, you know, I mean, that's just who I am. Okay. There was a guest preacher and this guest preacher was a pastor who ran a Bible college in Pennsylvania Hmm. and it was a small Bible college. And I want to say it was... They probably had like 40 kids, maybe 50 kids. Okay. It was, you know, small college. <clears throat> he came out and was the guest preacher. Afterward, after the altar call, okay, 
And I went forward for the altar call and I kneeled down and I prayed for a minute, which is kind of my custom. You know, um, I wasn't going to get saved. I just, you know, felt it, I was moved by the message. And this guy was great. He was an older man. He had to be in his later 60s, earlier 70s. Very funny. Clearly been preaching his whole life. Like this guy could work a room. I mean, had great jokes, had a great message. It was, it was just one of those preachers where you're like, oh man, I could listen to him forever. Right. Okay. So the message is done and he, you like, they turn off the mic and he points at me like this and he goes like this. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So, um, so I go up to him <clears throat> and he starts asking me some questions mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that at first, even though the questions were a little odd, mm -hmm. like I just met you. Yeah. It's okay. like, so what's your marital status? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, I noticed you don't have a ring on your finger, you know, and that kind of thing. And and basically, he got around to a couple of questions, which was, you know, hey, how long you been going to church? And I was like, oh, you know, I've been going to church for four years. I got saved three years ago or so, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. And it was like, oh, okay, what's the church you go to? And it was like, oh, it's this church, you know, here. And, you know, um, oh, where'd your pastor go to Bible college? Mm -hmm. So anyone that is within our circles, <laughs> yeah. like, we know you're being interviewed. Yeah. Okay, we know what's going on right now. And I was like, oh, my, you know, pastor went to Hiles Anderson College. Right. Okay. He's like, great. Well, and you understand the reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know that my church supports missionaries from Hiles Anderson College. Sure. We support missionaries from Golden State mm -hmm. College. We support missionaries from, oh, what is it? Paul Chapel's church. What's the name Lancaster. of the town? Lancaster. Mm -hmm. Baptist church yeah, well, in Lancaster, West, West, West Coast Baptist West Coast College. Baptist mm -hmm. College. Lancaster Baptist mm -hmm. Church. Okay, we support missionaries from several Bible colleges. Mm -hmm. The reason we do is because I know what they teach. Hmm. I've been to them all. I've met the pastors. I've sat in rooms and had lunch with the pastors. I've, you know, okay, so we know what we're getting. It's kind of like a brand for a car, like a it Honda. Is. You just know it's going to be reliable. Exactly. I mean, it, you the, know. the Toyota, you you know, you you have an idea of, of what you're getting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so anyway, this guy was interviewing me. He says to me, he says, um you need to come out to Pennsylvania with me and I'm going to tell you right now, I want you to meet a young lady that's your age that um, you're going to fall in love with and marry. <laughs> and, you know, I looked at him and he's like, I understand. I'm not, you know, he, he said, look, I just want you to come and meet the family and meet the young lady and if it's not God's will, that's fine. He says, but you are, you know, a very, you know, you're a sharp guy. You, you have very, you have similar beliefs. Um, you want to get married. Okay. This is the type of lady that you're going to want to marry. You're the type of fella that her parents are going to want to have get married. So obviously he was the pastor of the church and ran the Bible college and he has since stepped down and now he was just working in a capacity where he was doing evangelism and trying to drum up support for the Bible college. Mm -hmm. So he was very good friends with the parents mm -hmm. and they, um, they knew that this guy was trying to help parents 
who were sending their kids to this Bible college, he was trying to aid in the process of, I want a quality girl to meet a quality guy. Both sets of parents will be happy with this. If that works out and the two kids are attracted to one another and they and they care for one another and they end up uh, going on a few dates and, and it turns out that they want to pursue it, great. If not, that's fine. It's their decision. But effort was put into this. So I literally, okay, so I call my mom and dad and I'm like, hey, I know this is strange, but I'm going to, you know, travel out to wherever it was. It was like a couple hours away. <laughs> I'm going to drive out here and I'm going to meet this family. And I think that the the way we set it up was um, I was going to do that the next day on Monday. Okay? okay. But keep in mind, this is so many years ago that yeah, it's 20 years ago yeah. Yeah, that I'm, I'm, I don't remember. So the preacher ends up calling the mom and dad and explaining, I met a really nice kid. I would like to bring him out and have him meet um, you and your family and meet your daughter and they can talk a little bit and see what happens. Okay. So I drove out to Pennsylvania and um, met the family and they had a big family. I want to say they had like six kids or more. Okay. You know, so... um, we all, I went out there and like, I kind of got a tour of the college and I met a bunch of the college kids and I was like a couple years older than all the college kids. Cause I was like 23 or 24 or something like that, you know, and they were closer to like maybe 2021, 20, mm-hmm. 22, something like that. But either way, I mean, we were close enough in age where, you, you know, blended in. Oh yeah. We blended in. We had a good time. They were all very nice. Um, a couple of the boys, uh, <clears throat> I call them boys now, you know, they were, they were peers at the time. Yeah. A couple of them wanted to go, they heard something about me somehow. Oh, that was why <laughs> this pastor not only talked to the parents to get permission, he called my pastor, talked to him, told him of the plan, <laughs> interviewed him, got the lowdown on me <laughs> to make sure that he wasn't bringing a dud. Yep. Okay. Like this whole thing happened behind the scenes. <clears throat> So these guys somehow got word about my street preaching and how you remember we'd go down to Main Street and just like, you know, stand on yep. a park bench kind of thing. So these guys were all excited about that. So they're like, hey, can we go do that? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we go out. I literally don't even talk to the girl I'm supposed to be going down there to meet. We just go and we hang out and we go to like some like state school college and we're preaching, we're giving out Bible tracts and these kids are having the time of their life. And then we go back and we sit with the whole family and we go to dinner at like kind of a Denny's or a village Inn, something like that. So we, um, we all have dinner and then I go back to the, uh, the family's house and it's just me and I'm talking with the mom and the dad and I'm talking with their daughter that they wanted me to meet and like two of her brothers and maybe one of her sisters that were all there and they were pretty close in age. Uh, to give you an idea of as far as the size of the family and the relative closeness and age of the kids, the mom and the dad ended up being missionaries for First Baptist Church and going off to, I don't remember where, Thailand or the Philippines or something, okay? So the mom and the dad love me, okay? Mm-hmm. The mom is like, you know, just absolutely falls in love with me. They were such nice people. Their kids were nice. I mean, it was really wonderful. Their daughter was a sweet girl. She was very pretty. She was very nice. You know, I mean, we barely spoke. 
And, um, but I think the whole thing was just like trying to put Patrick through an interview process of like, okay, is this kid an idiot Mm -hmm. or does he pass level one? Yeah. So anyway, at the end, um, they invite me to stay the night. Okay. They're like, we can, you know, we can put out a cot. They're like, we know this is a little strange, but you know, we're fine with you staying here and you're going to sleep in the living room, you know, with, you know, my youngest son. And, um, you know, in the morning we can all get up and have breakfast and we can, you know, talk a little more, hang out at the college for a bit. And then you can head back to New Jersey and visit your family. <clears throat> and I said, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I was having a good time because they were very nice people. And so anyway, we do that. We, you know, we have breakfast. We kind of have to go to the college for, I don't know, whatever. And we end up back there. And still, Scott, I swear to you, I, so far, you and I have spoken for 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. I must have spoken to this girl for all of two minutes. <laughs> and none of it was in private. Yeah. You know, so I didn't know her at all. Yeah. And the parents <clears throat> were, were still in the interview process. You know, tell us what you think about our daughter. Okay. You know, they had a few questions for me. You know, none of my answers were weird or, you know, or red flag. And I was like, I don't know your daughter at all. Like, this was a great trip. I had a lot of fun. This is going to be a great story one day. (laughs) But I don't know her. So then, before I leave, the mom grabs me and grabs her daughter and brings us into a classroom at the college and is like, you know, Patrick has to leave. You guys need to talk for a minute and make a decision here. Yeah. Okay. And, um, it was basically like, um, you know, I told her, I was like, look, you seem real nice. Um, you know, I would like to get to know you better. Um, maybe we could talk on the phone and write letters. And if this thing, you know, progresses or turns into something, then, okay, we go from there. Would you like to write letters with me and do that much? Or do you want to just, call it now. And I, I, I tried to make it very easy. Like my feelings won't be hurt. You know, just, you can think about it and you know, you can, your mom can call me and tell me no, if you want, it doesn't matter, but you know, let me know if you would, do you want to pursue this thing or not? Okay. Um, she ended up saying, yes, I'd like to pursue this. We wrote one or two letters and it, you know, and that was it. It's hard to line just Yeah, it fizzled right? out. Nothing ever happened. We, we literally wrote two letters, and God only knows where those letters are. I threw them out, you know, yeah. at some point, you know, before I got married. Um, and then a month or two later, God uh, flipped a switch and showed me, Patrick, you need to marry Joanna. You're never going to do better than her. You better hurry up and marry her before she wises up and goes and finds someone else. Mm-hmm. Now, I say all of that to say this, those parents took their job seriously as far as putting in the effort and the energy to find their daughter a quality spouse. They did that with all their kids. For whatever reason, this one daughter did not want to go off to a Bible college that was bigger. She enjoyed the smaller one that was local, and that's what she wanted to do. But with that came the problem of there's only so many kids. And her family was already, I could, you know, the uh, 
you remember when they were doing the FBMI mission teams? Yep. Her parents are on one of those. Okay. I, believe okay funny enough i kept in touch with the mom for years <laughs> right. okay because you know we got along and yeah. we just talked about oh how, how's your how's the mission field going how are you and your husband doing i mean the mom and i ended up being pen pals through <laughs> right. email for like a couple of years even though nothing ever happened with the rest of the family and i've never seen them again and i've i've always you know thought boy it would be nice to run into them at a bible conference one mm. day because they were just a just a nice family you yeah. know but the point is the family took it seriously and they were willing to make great efforts to try and find their children, someone who loved God and was serious um, and had the similar convictions and similar beliefs because they believed that that was what was going to make the best marriage man brother i wish we'd start off with that story because i feel like there's so many like like nuggets right there go ahead ask a question bring up a point well so i mean i think that it's really interesting because honestly that's really the networking system that i think that honestly has gone back since the beginning of time pretty much that has worked and it has been tried and true it's not networking on websites it's not even necessarily out of church specifically but like usually the people that know you know other people that are also like you yeah and usually those are the best kind of like i mean in a worldly secular perspective it'd be like networking for like a job or for money or something but like this is networking for a specific purpose of getting a spouse and somebody that would be compatible with you and I think that that really is the best way for Christians to find a spouse. And like for me, I found my wife at a Bible college. And I mean, obviously, that's been coming up a lot as a common theme as well. So I think that that definitely is something that young people w- should um, consider seriously. And it's not necessarily if they necessarily want to be a pastor or a missionary, because honestly, by the time you go to Bible college and you graduate, I mean, you're like 21, 22, you still could go to a secular college or start Absolutely. a career doing anything else pretty yeah. much if you wanted to. So, And, and that's something I wanted to bring up like with you you went to a bible college it was an unaccredited bible college okay which a lot of them that are our flavor you know that's what they end up being and although that didn't help if you wanted to transfer to a secular college because none of your credits transfer you and i talked about that when you showed up for a job application you put on your application I graduated from West Coast Baptist College. I got a bachelor's in this. I got a master's in this. They didn't think, they didn't ask you if it was an accredited college. Exactly. Nobody does. And no. I mean, I was actually interview people. And it was now two degrees. Exactly. Yep. Two so degrees. for you, when you showed up for jobs, you got a good paying job in California. Mm-hmm. Okay. Working, was it security for Apple? Well, that, yeah, that was before. But yeah, I was doing that for a while. But I'm a ma- manager. Oh, yeah. Now, manager now but, but, you know, I meant like right yeah, out of college. Yeah, I was a supervisor yeah. at, a, at a, the security company for Apple, not yeah. like directly working for Apple. But yeah. Yeah. So you got a good job. Mm-hmm you know, for a good company. I mean, well, considering it was like the Great Recession, that was pretty yeah. good deal. So it's not like if you get a degree from an unaccredited school, it's not like it's a nail in the coffin because on the job application, it says you got a degree from a college. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't check any further than that because I don't even care. Well, I mean, honestly, like you could be like, well, people aren't going to um, hire you if you have a degree from an unaccredited college. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people nowadays that they look at a accredited degree and say, oh, I don't want that person because they're going to be brainwashed with the liberal ideology. Yeah, of- you never know. Exactly. Yeah. So, so let me ask you a question. 
how do you because now we're getting into like okay nuts and bolts what am i going to do so personally what i think i need to do is i need to start calling all my friends who are pastors <laughs> around the country and saying hey i have a 15 year old son 14 year old son 13 year old son do you know of any families that have daughters okay and let's see if we can connect and talk and Scott, I mean, because starting out like a friendship, like you even said with Joanna, I mean, like there was not the pressure because you guys weren't yeah. even like looking at each other like that at the yeah. beginning. And I mean, it was just a very natural thing. And like yeah. you said, just God opened a switch or, and it just was like, wow, this is the person that I should marry. So. Absolutely. The way you did it going to Bible college, the way I did it in a maybe less traditional sense, because I was a little bit older and I was not at a Bible college. And the way that these parents were trying to do it, I don't see a problem with any of them. I think those are the, they're probably the three most common methods. I mean, there might be other ones that would work or something, but in terms of being a pastor or a Christian parent, I would be probably trying to push my kids towards any of those three options, really. Yeah. Okay. So how would you feel? Because I have, I have some friends that have brought this idea up and they've said, well, what we like to do is we like to encourage our children to go to one year of Bible college. That's it. If they feel like in that one year, we just want them to have an opportunity for God to get a hold of their heart and for them to possibly see that, you know what, maybe this is something I would want to do with my life. And if they want to go further, they can. If they decide it's not for me, that's fine. But it would be great if they could go to one year. Maybe God has a wife for them and that's a wonderful thing maybe he doesn't maybe they find out they have a heart for missions maybe they don't but what would it hurt to go for one year exactly before you take off and try to get your career going you know go to college for one year and at least you can say i prayerfully considered it and i was in a place where there was a community that tried to encourage and foster a um, a sweet relationship with God where everyone can take God seriously and there is less pressure from the world to do uh, wicked and vile things. And we, we get you before a lot of good pastors. We get you before a lot of good preaching. And the goal was to, to see it, to give God an opportunity to get a hold of your heart. And if you feel that God said, nope, this isn't for you, that's fine. What do you think of that idea? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I definitely think that's a good thing. I mean, I've heard that uh, taught and I, I've seen it actually as well. There's some people will only go to Bible college for one year. But I mean, I think that, you know, every parent's going to know their kids better than probably anybody else. And I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, carte blanche that they should like, but I think in general, yes, that's a very good suggestion. I mean, it's definitely much better than many of the other options out there. I mean, like I certainly would not recommend any Christian going to the military nowadays. I wouldn't mm-hmm. recommend any um, secular um, college. Mm-hmm. And especially if they're going to be having to live someplace other than my house, um, mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't even, you know, encourage that whatsoever. So there's yeah. pretty limited options in terms of what a Christian parent really could suggest for a, a young adult at that point. Um you know, and again, like you said, I think that there's a lot of good things that can come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people too that they're like, well, I don't think I need to go to Bible college and this and that. It's like, okay, well, maybe God's not leading you specifically to go there. But I do think it is an option that if God hasn't opened another door specifically, like, oh, I'm supposed to do this with my life, then why not give God a year? Why not go there for a semester or whatever and just see if 
you know, and again, I, like I said, that joke with the MRS degree, I mean, it's a real thing. You know, yeah. there are a lot of people that have met their spouses at Bible college and it's a great opportunity. <clears throat> um, but, you know, going back to the, uh, the Christian parents that were um, trying to get their daughter um, a spouse there that I think that brings up an interesting thing too, because I've thought about that as well. And especially from like the world's perspective, there are so many women, it seems like that they're looking for a man, but then it's like the men don't seem to be interested, especially like worldly secular men in a relationship that's serious and committed like a marriage relationship these days. Mm -hmm. And I think especially from, I mean, we put so much focus on the girls in, in that regard. And I think there is a lot of just natural like desire to be a mother oftentimes. But I think especially for our sons is we need to really be showing them the values of what being a committed husband and father is about as well. Mm -hmm. And um, really having that you know, connection, because really, if you go to any Bible college, and even if you go to any church for that matter, there's always going to be, almost always, I should say, going to be more women attending there or whatever than there would be men. Yeah, there are. Isn't it like it, it's not two to one, but isn't it like it's two thirds close. women yeah, to usually. one third men or something like yeah, that? It's, it's usually skewed pretty, you know, or, or I'm sorry, it's, uh, yeah, it's. It's heavy. It's not 50-50. I mean, but then it's, if you look at the secular world too, I mean, that's kind of how most um, universities and things are as well. That, you know, more women are going to college anyways. But you know, I think that's something to think about too, because when you're the minority in that aspect, so especially if you're a young, a young man, I think that it would be really foolish if you are looking at some point to be a, a husband and a father to avoid going to Bible college. I think that that would be something for any young man, especially to consider. Because again, where are you going to find the spouse if you're interested in that? And again, like I said, I'm not telling my kids that they have to get married. I don't think that that's something I really should be as a parent saying, but I want to prepare them with those things. And it's like, okay, well, if you do want to get married, mm -hmm. these are the things you got to do. Just like if you want to be a doctor, these are the steps that you have to take to become this profession. Sure. So in the same way, it's like, you know, there are different paths maybe to get to the same end result, but you know, there's different qualities of those things. And again, I mean, know that Christian marriages can fall apart and I know that there's problems sometimes, you know, never relationships can have its own struggles and trials and difficulties. But I think that personally, um, more than anything, being on the same page spiritually is going to avoid so many issues. And again, with like the dynamics of America, usually it's men are more conservative and women are more liberal. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's a struggle that goes into so many aspects and things as well um so it's not just about that but to you the more that you're in line spiritually the more that everything else just kind of falls in line how you parenting and i mean our parenting styles are very different in terms of like my wife and me and this I'm, i could probably say the same for you but most I mean, husbands and wives are yes it's the same thing you're on the same page but you know you take on different roles as far yes. as parents yeah yeah but, and again, I think that that's something that we need to really consider as parents too, about how we address, um, with our children. Um, but yeah, did you have anything else that you wanted to, to point? <clears throat> no, I mean, for, for me, it, one thing I wanted to bring up is you, you said something matter of factly that a lot of people haven't really thought of. Cause you got to understand this podcast reaches a lot of different people. And you said that you would never send your kid to a state school. You wouldn't want them to join the military nowadays. And there's, you know, there's only so many options for, for a Christian parent that might kind of like, you know, I mean, it probably does ruffle feathers. I mean, I support yeah, because, the military. Yeah, but... No, no, no. But the, 
the idea might be new to some people sure. because you got to remember there are a lot of Christians that are in churches that might be newer to the Bible and they might not, you know, I hate to say this, but let's, let's just call it what it is. They might not be in as serious of a church. They might be a little bit more casual or it's like, yeah, you know, I go to church and then I don't really deal with God or talk to God much outside of that. Kind of like, well, I was there on Easter, isn't that, you know? Mm. And for them, the idea of, um, saying absolutely not to some ideas because it would be bad for my kid and I think it would push them further away from finding a quality spouse. And one of those ideas being state college, that's a big statement for a lot of people. Sure. And they might not be able to swallow that. So I just wanted to go back and address that. Okay, because I agree. I I don't want anyone thinking that I disagree (laughs) with your statement. I just want to explain why. Scott, my favorite story about my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving, is about why the Pilgrims ended up coming to America. The Pilgrims and William Bradford left England, and they left England because of religious persecution. But did you know that they did not go to America? They went to Holland. Mm -hmm. And they went to Holland, and they remained in Holland for many, many years. And people got jobs, and they formed a community. And yeah, it was like kids, thirty plus years. Yep, their kids grew up, and they were getting married. And these people saw that the lack of morals and what society produced, and the standards that were prevalent in the the Dutch society, were so low that it was drawing their children away from God and the Bible. And they saw that it was destructive and they had religious freedom they could worship god however they wanted they were not persecuted they did sure weren't round up and burned at the stake or killed in any manner they had the religious freedom that they wanted that's why they left england but they saw that the effect that society was having on their children was so bad that they decided we were going to get in a boat and we we're going to sail all the way across an ocean and we're going to go to a land where Almost nobody exists. And and one year from when we start this voyage and get over there, one year from this time, half of us will be dead. Now, they didn't know that setting out, but they knew of the dangers. And they still thought it was worth it to try to protect their children. And, I mean, the state schools and, like, uh, public universities and so forth are exactly like Holland. I mean, they're influencing the kids, influencing the the ways that they think. And really, it's indoctrinating them towards this secular and anti-God worldview. Mm -hmm. I didn't raise my kids for 18 years to get them indoctrinated to become an anti-God, anti-capitalist. Yep, I'm with you. But the idea is so foreign to American Christian parents today, they're not even willing to possibly consider taking their kids out of public school. Mm-hmm. They're not even willing to consider telling their kids, you know, no, you can't do this and you can't do that because God wouldn't be for it and that's going to be bad for you. And the parents <clears throat> back in the days of William Bradford and the Pilgrims were willing to put everything they owned on the line their entire all of their wealth on the line the very lives of their spouse and their children on the lines and risk it all in order to sail across an ocean to possibly 
survive and make a go of it in this new land, but having the guarantee that their children would grow up worshiping God the way they knew it was best. Yep, and without the worldly influence in them. You got it. And that idea and that level of commitment is just gone nowadays. Yeah. You can barely get a Christian to follow God if there's going to be moderate disagreement amongst in-laws. Yep. You know, and back then they were willing to risk their lives to do it. So I just want to say, you know, for me, for you, what we're talking about is we need to get back to that idea where we take it so seriously that we are willing to put up everything we own, everything we hold dear to make sure that our children have the best chance of staying away from the wickedness and growing up without those influences and being able to meet a spouse who loves God in the same way that you do. Now, I'm going to I'm going to close with one more idea because we've hit the hour and I don't want to, I mean, we now have you, obviously you don't listen to my podcast too much because, um, Zach and I, when we talk, we like blow right past two hours and then we're like, wait, what time is it? You know, (laughs) we hear the rooster crowing and we're like, oh, we better wrap this up. But um, I try to keep it, you know, I try not to go on too long whenever I can. (laughs) The last idea, um, the last idea that I wanted to bring up in the Bible, the marriage between Mary and Joseph, it was a semi arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. So in the Jewish culture at the time, the two families would be involved with the marriage and the wedding and the whole thing. So Joseph's mom and dad, Mary's mom and dad guarantee they knew each other guarantee that someone helped them get together, whether it was the rabbi of the local synagogue or one rabbi and another rabbi. There was talk without Joseph and Mary being involved prior to them meeting each other. Mm -hmm. That's my point. Sure. That was the custom at the time. Everyone did that. But there was also the opportunity for Mary to say, no, I don't feel like this man is the one for me. Sure. So they were given, so it wasn't a complete arranged Arranged marriage. marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say something, and it's going to be shocking, and I don't care. I am in favor of arranged marriages, 100%. Now, they're not going to work in modern-day American culture because we have a bunch of rebellious monsters as children that won't obey their parents, But the idea behind an arranged marriage is you know what's best for your daughter. You know what it takes to have a successful marriage. Some other family, they know what's best for their son. They know what it takes to have a successful marriage. And they want to meet together and try to get a couple together, their son, your daughter, so that they will have a successful marriage. They will stay together. They will not get divorced. They will raise their kids. They'll have the same values. And in that culture, which is found in several countries around the world, the children respect and honor and trust their parents enough to allow them to be involved to that degree where they will actually march down the aisle and meet their spouse on their wedding day and get married because they trust their 
parents so much. And what's a shame, even if you don't want to be involved in arranged marriage, even if you don't want, even if you think what I just said is silly, the point is if you don't have that level of trust and respect and honor from your children, then you're missing something because you want them to want you to be involved with their marriage choice. What has ruined America is romantic comedies, right? Where, you know, we see this movie. It's and like love at first sight. You got it, and they just get together, and oh, yeah. everything's perfect, and, you know, live happily ever after. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. And they get married because, you know, the the, the boy is, uh, he's tall, you know, and he has a big, teethy smile and you know and he loves the girl because she has green eyes and you know long beautiful curly hair or whatever it is it has nothing to do with what makes a successful marriage Mm -hmm. and oh and he's cute and she's funny and they're you know they you know they banter about these things and they have these like you know she's a raiders fan and he's a broncos fan and they 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 click (laughs) because and it's like that has nothing to do with reality exactly are are you employed yeah you know What kind of a parent will this person be? Now, do you know that in those countries and in those cultures where they have arranged marriages, do you know how seriously those parents take raising their children? I'm sure. It's- because all of a sudden, those children are like, they're on the auction block. Well, but like and America- you want to attract a successful, hardworking, wonderful person. And it's like, if you raise a dud, well, good luck. You know, you're, you're not yeah. going to be able to marry this person off. Yeah. I mean, here in America, it's kind of like a stereotype or an old joke, I guess, about the in-laws not getting along with the... And, yeah. I mean, and, and it really is kind of like a, a thing. Like, there's tension. There's problems. And I mean, for probably most relationships, there's arguments un, un, unnecessarily about that or issues because of that, too. So, I mean, I'm sure that that would avoid a lot of things if the both sides of the parents are equally encouraging that relationship because they helped make it happen. Yep. It's very different. And the idea of an arranged marriage and the idea of a semi-arranged marriage, people scoff at nowadays. And I've the conversation that I just had about arranged marriages, I've had with my kids many times. And I say, look, the, the way it works, <clears throat> keep in mind, an arranged marriage doesn't work unless the parents have the trust of the kids. Mm-hmm. Even in other cultures. Sure. It's not like some kids are like, nope, you know, and they leave the house and they're like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to, you know, go live my own life and I don't want to go down that road. That happens all over the world and it's always going to happen. My point is that the parents in those cultures, they put in the time and the energy to make the effort to have the relationship with their child so that the child will trust them and will take their advice and accept their guidance and desire their advice and their guidance when trying to find a spouse. And that, I think, is really when you know you've done something right, because that is going to give your kid the best opportunity. If my kid just goes after blue eyes and a big toothy smile, well, that is like almost a guarantee of a divorce. That's Mm -hmm. not what makes uh, marriages work. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with your your son's uh, future spouse being beautiful. There's nothing wrong with your daughter's future spouse being handsome. My point is that's a benefit. Yeah, that wears off real quick. Yeah, yeah that's going to be gone, yeah. you know, after 10 or 15 yeah. years anyhow. So um, that, b- 
But unfortunately, that's what the youth looks for. But the parents, we know better. We know that's not what's going to keep a marriage together. What's going to make that wife happy is a husband that is hardworking and that provides and that is kind and that is helpful around the house and that loves playing with the kids. You know, those are attributes that wives want from their husbands. And the same thing with the husband. The husband is going to want to stay in the marriage when the wife is kind and she's supportive and she's loving. And These are things that mean a lot and help marriages, you know, to stay together. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, 18 and 19 year olds haven't figured that out yet, which is why the idea of arranged marriages have existed for so long. And again, I mean, you kind of brought up the age just right there too. And I mean, that is something that I tell my kids as well, because the world will tell our kids that they can wait until their later 20s, early 30s. And I mean, I think the average age is up in their age, you know. Oh, yeah, probably. It's got to be later 20s by now, if not early 30s for the average marriage. And I mean, to me, I think that's much too late for kids to be Mm -hmm. looking for the relationship, especially if they do want to have kids. And I mean, again, obviously, most people are probably going to take offense to that as well. But... (laughs) Um, in terms of arranged marriages as well, that's probably a very touchy topic that a lot of people would probably not have the relationship with their own parents to understand what you're even saying. Mm-hmm. And even though, I, like I said, neither of us grew up in a Christian home, but um, you know, I would like to have the relationship with my kids that it's not that I, I say you have to do this, but it's like that they're going to have the confidence in me that they would understand that they would want my advice, my opinion on that and influence in that relationship to at least arrange somebody that I believe would be successful with them. I agree with everything you said. I understand it's a strange concept. I'm not trying to tell parents that they all need to try to start working to back towards But it's really more the marriage. kid's perspective. I mean, yes. for a young person that's listening to this, yes. that maybe they should see, especially if their parents love God. Yep. And it, they may not be exactly like the ideal parent because every parent's going to have their flaws and things. Mm-hmm. But at least to still have that influence because their parents are going to be around to help them in times when they need childcare or whatever the case is, when they need help. I mean, the parent's going to still be there for them to bounce ideas off of or yep. questions and things too. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're just hoping to get parents and children in Christians' homes closer to that idea. Exactly. Yep. Okay, because that is what's going to help everyone pick a spouse that's going to be a better, you know, uh, husband, father, wife, mother, you know, spouse. So, all right, Scott, I think that's probably a good place to leave it unless you had any other final words. Not okay, <clears throat> let me just remind everyone that you can uh, – just do a Google search for Bible Thumper Podcast. You're going to find a Facebook page. You'll find a YouTube channel. You're also going to find us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast. Everywhere you listen to a podcast, uh, I'm pretty sure you can find the Bible Thumper Podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, and if you want to follow the video live, uh, we do it on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, Once in a while, like this evening, we have a little bit of a glitch with the audio and video, so I don't think the video has come through very well, but the audio is going to be up on your favorite podcast platform probably tomorrow morning or sometime this week. So please find the podcast, like it, share it, subscribe to it, you know, 
um, send it off to a friend that helps us. And you can always contact me directly at BibleThumperPodcast at gmail.com. You can send me an email. If you have a topic you want us to get into, send it off. If you have questions, send it off. If you have an encouraging word, please get in contact with us and let us know. And uh, if you are a regular subscriber to our YouTube channel, I just always want to encourage you to get back on your medication. Uh, It's going to help. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Have a great week, and um, make sure to join us next week on Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it.